Hello and welcome to WNHH Radio's Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. The man sitting in the WNHH studio right now doesn't just make New Haven tick. He makes us laugh, he makes us cry, he makes us sing and dance and throw our hands in the air and say we love this town, at least once a month. His name is Andrew Wolf. he is the city of New Haven's arts and tourism czar, and he's here to tell us about his plans to keep all doing that in the month ahead. Welcome, Andy. So great to have you in the studio, as always. Thank you, Paul. That's uh, just so kind of you. Thanks for the introduction. And if you don't mind mitting the um, mic a little closer to you, we're going to thank the Yellow Haven Hospital for providing support for today's program. Andy, I threw in that little thing at least once a month. There's one thing I love about what you do in your job is you find a way. Mayor Harper, she appointed you in 2014, gave you this challenge. You've fulfilled it. You find a way at least once a month to make something happen in New Haven. Usually you don't even get any city money to do it with. You find other people to other institutions to put the bill or just get people excited about some idea to have a special event in the city. We've had all sorts of new traditions now that they are by now. After you've been in this job, your fourth year from Dragon Boat races to Opera Palooza to birthday parties. So uh, how's that going? We still doing it our one a month? We are, and uh, the secret to this is really about relationship marketing. Uh and letting people do what they do better than I could possibly do by partnering with us. There we go. Meaning you get artists to stage stuff, you get artists space groups like Yale to step in, you get people who want to put dragon boat races, you get people who love opera in New England to bring all their people down to the green, you get the pizza people to bring their food. Well, and as you know, Paul, the um, missing pieces to a truly global great city, I try to fill in the gap any way we can, and one of those is a film festival. Mm. a major film festival. So this last weekend I was in Denver and Boulder for the Boulder International Film Festival visiting a friend and uh, they do a great job and it's a university town. So I've been working with that's them. That's how you ride? No. No, that's another one. But Boulder is up and coming and um, the vibe was really like New Haven. And we do already have some film festivals at Yale. We have Latin American Film Festival, right. for instance. Documentaries. Yeah. Uh, and you're LGBT. thinking of something bigger where we're going to... Well, layering it all in together. Okay. And uh, because Boulder has six people working all year, mm. and they pay the license fees, it's a budget of over a million dollars. I see. Uh, they pick 30 or so films as the critic's choice and the people's mm. choice. Those would hopefully come to New Haven in March, oh. one month after theirs. Oh. Only my hope is that it would be B O L D E R in New Haven. Okay, B O. It's bolder than other places, right? Oh, I love that, Andy. So how how what's that looking like? That's something hopefully next year? for next March. Whoa, way to go! Right, so it avoids hopefully the snow, <coughs> but it gives us what we're missing, and that's where we have been working the last three, uh, four years almost. The mayor, myself, and our team on filling in all these pieces to really make New Haveners rejoice. By being new again in New Haven. Okay, the challenge you give me is to keep up with all the fun stuff that goes in town and try to get to it all. So we are going to have a March event. We have International Women's Day. Yes. And you're going to have global citizens concerned with the impact of social, economic, political, national security policy considerations confronting women. So is that a city hall confab? Is that a two-hour? Oh, you're doing with the Lynx, which is a great group, the New Haven chapter. Yes. So is this going to be like a forum type event or what? This is a ceremony. One of the objectives of our city hall team is to promote civic pride of place Mm -hmm. and spiritual uplift. Mm -hmm. And this has been a year of reckoning for women. Me too. And and you too. No, I mean like hashtag me too. Uh, Me too, yes. And I think that what we're trying to achieve is a discussion 
a discourse with Mayor Harp and the Links leading the way mm-hmm. um, for how to celebrate uh, women and uh, gender equality and basically zero tolerance for any predatory sexual practices in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deidre Daly, our former U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, uh, Connecticut, District of Connecticut, will be our featured keynote. That's interesting because we've been wondering what she's been up to. She was on a cross-country trip with her son last I heard. She's wonderful. She was a, a prominent person in our state as the, as the top federal prosecutor. She did not get reappointed. Right. So she left on good terms with the Trump team. She wasn't their, their ball of wax, but they let her stay on for her 20th anniversary in the job, and they had a good transition. And uh, But we've all been wondering who's next. I thought we were going to see her running for governor, but that didn't happen. Well, we'll see what happens, but uh, this will be a keynote from her. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll also uh, have the pageantry that people love with the Caribbean women uh, leading the mayor in in their regalia. Mm-hmm. We've got a gospel, um, Alita Staten, the chair of our New Haven Cultural Affairs, will be singing the national anthem. We've she's got, got good. She's got good voice. Oh, uh, <clears throat> acapella. There's no one like Alita. And then we've got two students performing uh, poetry. And uh, we've got a Yale Graduate School of Music harpist to All welcome right. everyone. So it's going to be really great. You also got April. You, you've started a new tradition of celebrating our birthday and our 380th is coming forward. I guess at this point, we don't lie about our age. We're not ashamed of being 380 We wear it well. Old. Yeah, we wear it well. Every plastic surgeon should come to New Haven. Right? <laughs> so Andy, what do you got coming up in April for our 380th birthday? So the kickoff this year is actually April 21st. The proprietors of the Green... Uh, with Christy Haas, has been planning a spring awakening oh. of the green. Oh, very nice. And we've been working on that. That will take place the 21st. The 22nd is the annual bike uh, rock to rock race, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the 24th is our 380th. And what we're hoping to do, Paul, is with Anthony Campbell, our chief, um, and the mayor, we're hoping to launch a major redo of the underpass leading to Union Station. We've been talking about that for a long time. And, and, and hopefully and the site time projects, I believe it's called, the group yes. that looks Laura at public Clark. spaces. They've talked about a mural under there, correct? It's not a mural. It's in the spirit of moving images of people going towards the train. Oh, very cool. And that's with Sheila DeBretville. She's yes. still involved in that. She's, she's great. This, she did those nice square oh, yellow arch. She's process. brilliant. She did those um, sidewalk tributes in the nice square right. about people who live in the nice square so now she's gonna yeah. everyone for a long time it's interesting andy people have talked about that's an example of how art and public policy can intersect so well people have talked for a long time about that underpass and where, if people are trying to picture it you go into the train station you pass where the coliseum used to be under route 34 what's left of it and it's dingy under there people don't always feel safe it's foreboding pleasant way yeah but a weird way to be entering the so city that's so where art serves a spiritual uplift and we get 11 according to doug house laden we get about eleven thousand people on foot going to the train every day wow uh so we've got to really start looking at our infrastructure mm-hmm. 380 years later and what laura has done so brilliantly she's made a video of this entire project uh, that you can, I think, view on siteprojects.org. Um, that was where the original customs house was. The water came right to that point. Wow. And uh, it's so historic. That so area. what's going to happen on the 24th? Is that going to start a project? Is it going to be done by then? Hopefully we'll be announcing that. We'll be announcing um, several new innovations in the city for art. Mm-hmm. And we'll be honoring our civic leadership as well as we have in the past. All right, and we'll, now, we'll be serving cupcakes. All right. And I'll bet there'll be kids in the mix somewhere. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, we'll showcase our kids. And this is, uh, you'll listen to Andy Wolf, who's the city's director of culture and tourism and, he, and arts.
And he's had quite a great legacy already in his first season, his fourth year, doing this for the city of New Haven. He comes in every once in a while here on Dateline New Haven and WNHH, your home for community radio, to let us know what kind of plans got in the work for doing something at least once a month and often more. Andy, one thing you're talking about today, which I hadn't heard about, was we are W-E-R-A-R-E. A- we are fill in the blank. A nation of immigrants. Yes. And so this is a big art, public art installation project that uh, we're bringing to New Haven. And tell us what this is about 25 foot high portraits. We're going to have them all over town of, of recent immigrants. Oh, and this is also going to coincide with the, with the yes. 80th birthday. Tell us about this. Right. So as you know, from the recent uh, encounter at the white house, uh, we are a city that respects diversity and welcoming all people. And, um, this is a project that started well over a year and a half ago with a visit at G Cafe between myself and Joe Standard, who is a portraiture photographer from Old Saybrook. And he's done small installations in New London and Hartford. This takes it to a whole nother stratosphere. And the first um, stakeholders were Trinity Church on the Green and the Reverend Luke DeBolder, <clears throat> wonderful, wonderful humanistic person. And it has grown exponentially, and the city has just completed its cycle of the Mayor's Arts Community Vitality Grants. So we were pleased to kind of trigger this event, which is a big-ticket item. But my hope is that these twenty, these 10-foot by 25-foot murals will be augmented with a what I'm calling a love letter from DACA students in our universities in New Haven Excellent. on why New Haven is where they want to be. I think, I'm, I don't know why I'm, I'm flashing my mind on those pixelated portraits you find <laughs> at the bridge, the pedestrian bridge at Gateway. Right. This is more of a vinyl. Static, uh, yeah. This is a digital transfer onto vinyl mm-hmm. and uh, they will be on all the civic buildings downtown. Wow. Uh, as well, and where as will the words be? Where will the love letters be? Underneath. Mm-hmm. So it will be a combination of the narrative and the portrait. This sounds great. And you'll see it on the front of the, not my preference, but we use it. The hopefully it will also be installed in fifty feet banner, a fifty foot banner on the uh, Marcel Breuer uh, Pirelli building coming oh. into the city. And why, why, why would that not be your choice? I'd rather see the building open and functional. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What's up with it's that? not a billboard. I'm, we're still pushing. We're still <laughs> We have a great plan. Okay. Just have to get it done. I think this immigrant thing sounds great. It's going to put us on the map. And my hope is that it will travel. For me, Paul, and for you, there's no really reason why New Haven shouldn't be the gateway to New England. Mm-hmm. New England is where this great experiment called democracy commenced. Uh-huh. So my hope is that it'll travel to every major city in New England mm. to remind people in this country, don't forget where the narrative began. Yeah. Right. And um, I don't forget when we talk about maps, that New Haven's about to broaden its own sort of uh, psychic map. We have a new sister city, Changsha, China. Yes. You've been taking the lead on that project. And that's interesting because we read so much about China and about America, and it's not positive about relations between the countries, about controversies happening within China. And this is, seems to be an alternative approach to how to have countries relate to each other through sister cities. Yes. What's the status of that? Are we now officially the sister city of Changsha? On April the uh, 7th, we will oh. be. Yes. There so what's going to happen on April 7th? The, as you know, Paul, the leadership of Changsha came to New Haven last June, 
and they sign their part of the agreement. And Mayor Harp will be going to Changsha. Mayor Harp's going to China. She's going to China. With you. And I will be accompanying her, and we will be signing at the People's Hall of China, of Changsha, the formal final documents to est- establish what we call citizen-to-citizen diplomacy. And yeah. that's, that's where the change really must be transformative. But mm-hmm. uh, this, ch- the location for those uh, listeners who don't know about Changsha, it is in the center of China. It is the provincial capital of Hunan, known for Hunan cooking. Uh, but more important and more profound is the fact that Yale students went there 114 years ago, and they established the first Western School of Nursing. And if ever there was a reminder of what Americans' philanthropy and charitable outreach looks like, it's healing through our know-how. And what's going to be our goal now with Changsha? What do we hope is going to happen in the first wave of being a sister city? It's basically to the president of Albertus Magnus College, Mark Camille, the new president. He will be going with us. He'll be giving a lecture about higher education in America. Uh, The goal is educational, cultural, uh, economic, of course, attracting entrepreneurs to invest in New Haven, and um, to really promote what uh, could be a formidable uh, hand-to-hand outreach. A lot of large-scale Chinese investing is being put on hold, I believe, because of the debt crisis in that country. They're trying to get their big companies to borrow less. I wonder if this might be an open door for smaller-scale much smaller to fit the scale of New Haven. And are we looking to invest there as well? <laughs> Our investment there, I believe, will be mostly intellectual. Uh-huh. And uh, we are a knowledge economy in New Haven. So I see what is going to be continuing will be the relationship with the prep school there, Yali, Y-A-L-I, no surprise. Um, and it has 16,000 students. Wait, they have a prep school with 16,000 students? Yes. Ten, called Yali. Ten campuses. Whoa. All, and, all in Changsha? All in Changsha. And you haven't seen anything till you've attended a student um, musical recital with 1,100 violins. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, they're, and, they, uh, and they are, what is that, like our high school age? It is our high school equivalent, but it's by exam. It's oh. the premier school in China. Wow. So this has tremendous potential for cultivating for New Haven. Wow, that sounds great. So you must be looking, gearing up for that trip. It's not that long away. I'm excited. Whoa. So one thing I've been thinking about this with Shanghai is what are the opportunities? It seems so important to get below the radar of international diplomacy and discourse. And right now it's such a tough time in terms of sharing information and trust. I'm wondering what kind of meaningful exchanges can take place. Like one idea I had one night I was just dreaming, scheming is could you set up a series of pen pals at high school at Shanghai and high schools in New Haven where they would, um, you know, you get like 10 of them each telling them what they do every day and whether or whether because of the control of the flow of information, that would be something that wouldn't be amenable to the Chinese government. Oh, we're absolutely on the same page. So my goal is to establish not handwritten pen pals, but technological yeah. chat rooms Okay, at our colleges with their university and as well. They have a university in the city? Oh, very well. What's recently. it called? The, it's Changsha University. Mm-hmm. But their medical center in particular is the highest ranked in the country okay. after Peking Union in Beijing. And what I would hope to do also is because of our senior population to put in our senior centers and the towers terminals for them to establish between aging, how it is to age in China, 
mm-hmm. with how it is to age in New and Haven. And do they have similar kind of institutions for the elderly there? They're they're starting to. Oh yeah. Yes. Tell me about that. Like you see, especially in palliative care, mm-hmm. that there is a need with the one child policy to have alternative approaches. And for most listeners, I don't think they realize that the first hospice in America is in New Haven, in right. Brantford. Right. Um, so we hope to export that way of thinking as well. So, you know, it's funny, Andy, you and I are on the same page because I was thinking a lot about how would the citizens, and I was thinking about pen pals. So you are saying specifically that you're going to be looking to set up electronic chat, room. chat rooms with um, college students and with seniors. And high school. Yes. And high school. It's a, you know, Thomas Friedman got it right. The world is flat. And, and what about, um, what, what about censorship with China? Would they be worried about discussions about politics? I really, uh, as you know, in my last life in Los Angeles, I had been to China many, many times promoting the decorative arts uh, for hotel purchases. Uh, but uh, you really don't see that. I mean, it's so citi- like if a it's citizen say, to citizen. But I mean, if a citizen in China were to say we're playing a demonstration against the rule of, of President Xi, would Tiananmen they, Square? Yeah, would they allow that kind of communication? Probably in not. So how would that happen? Will it be monitored, you think? I think there's filters uh-huh. that the government does have in place. But to talk about your family, yeah. your vacations, where you want to go to college, come right. to New Haven, right? do your postdoc here. If you're a software engineer, come here with your software, create a company. Yeah, We have the visa. And let's start dancing. And Because uh, I was thinking also because data is getting so valuable that people's data whether it's what happens in their daily lives to their consumer preferences are becoming, I think we don't even realize the way they're becoming um, commodities. So for instance, uh, the way that we get all this free stuff on the internet is because they're following our motions about where we're driving or what we want to buy or what we read. And that gets sold for consumer research. I was wondering if there are consumer possibilities in the kind of information that could be gleaned from these kind of change exchanges. Well, it is a brave new world. Yeah, and we have to just accept the fact that, as Eisenhower predicted, the tools of technology can be our best friend, or yeah. they can be they can lead to our destruction. But here's a case where they could really help us. Definitely, and another project I'd love to do with the new boathouse, mm-hmm. which is a huge new advancement this spring, gorgeous building, um, is to attract the students at Yali, oh. who are interested in learning boating to come here for a summer clinic, you know, oh. to exchange our expertise in boating, which they don't have in Changsha. Where, what's, where, how close are they to rivers? And they're, they're surrounded by a harbor just as we are. Oh, okay. And it was also the birthplace of Mao. Oh, really? Changsha is where Mao was born? <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> and I'd like to also remind people that they're listening to Dateline New Haven and WNHHFM. Your home for community radio, 103.5, live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. And we're talking with Andy Wolf, one of my favorite people, a regular fixture on our shows about what's happening with arts and culture in New Haven. We just got done with Lunar Fest. What did, did we tie that all into Changsha this year? Yeah, this year, they Yale China did a sensational job of mobilizing the nonprofit sector of Audubon Street. And the lanterns that lined the street were so charming. And I was just so pleased that it was expanded like never before. Great. Uh, yeah. And that was great. And we've got uh, at the Schubert, 
to sum it all up, we've got Beautiful coming. Yep, the Carol King musical. Yes, so we want to give people a beautiful life and uh was that was that at was tapestry as seminal for you growing up as it was for me oh it was incredible and especially uh the the lyrics winter spring summer fall yeah all you have to call it i'll be there yeah because that's again part of life in a community and i love and the beautiful and uh, you gotta get up the song beautiful you gotta get up every morning with a smile on your face oh that's a great anthem i was wondering that didn't get to be as famous a song but now we see a generation a couple generations later that becomes the theme for the musical because I think it was his most resonant message in that album. Exactly, but, exactly. Uh, but I loved Steve Martin when he was on Saturday Night Live. Did a version of um, had Carol King on singing. All you gotta do is call. Went to spring call, and they showed Steve Martin in the other room getting mugged and yelling out, "Carol King, Carol <laughs> King, help!" And she's still singing the song. And, I and the small world occurrence <laughs> with Carol King and the musical is Sam Goldenberg, who's one of our former Aces teachers, has collected every album. And on his own, of, of Carol King, on his own, he's framed them, and they will be in the lobby of the show. Oh, very nice. And of an course, she had a whole career as a Tin Pan Alley uh, songwriter. And the, some of those songs, sometimes she, she sings herself in her own way. Exactly. Were songs by, were hit songs by girl groups and others. And it was written with Jerry Goffin. Yeah. And something to look forward to in terms of music legends is the fact that uh, on PBS, there's a new documentary that features Fred Paris. Oh, Okay, and uh, hopefully in October, we will be welcoming Richard Carpenter back to New Haven Okay, with a salute to the Carpenters, and um, we will, of course, feature Nathan Hale School, where they yep. attended, and our schools, including Yale School of Music and University of New Haven Trumpet Ensemble, will be doing all the Carpenter songs. Wow, that's very interesting. Getting back so that's why we have to be six months ahead. Yeah, you got to be at least six months ahead. And um, Andy, also, we're talking about um, any other summer, any big summer events, arts and ideas. We're gonna have a, what's going to happen with the festival under new leadership. So the new leadership has not been announced yet, but the leadership in place is absolutely dynamic. So it'll be the full arts and ideas uh, component. And we will, again, be expanding Cool Breeze, the music mm-hmm. in the parks program. That was fun. Yeah, people like that one. And we'll be uh, visited <clears throat> on uh, Jazz Haven is Revived with a new producer, Alex Vishno, who came back from L.A. All right. Uh, Your old sound film familiar, but he was the um, tour director for Michael Jackson uh-huh. and also has done extensive global outreach of jazz and music. So he'll be taking the lead of producing the summer's Jazz Haven. All right, a lot to look forward to. Andy Wolf, before we, uh, we bid you on your way to doing more great works in New Haven, tell me about the situation with arts funding. So government cutbacks are affecting every sector, especially the nonprofit sector. People are concerned about um, contributions, shadow contributions, nose diving potentially because of the new tax code where fewer people can be itemizing the deductions. There are state cutbacks, of course. People are worried about the NEA. What has that meant for your job and what has it meant for the arts in New Haven moving forward? So we started the interview this morning talking about relationships. Our sector is usually the first one to be told you're a luxury item. Of course, you and I do not believe that, and I tell people, please do not use equivalency with children in need or seniors. The arts is the foundation of a democratic society. So for us, it means we have to lobby like never before to get a share of what is ahead, which is not very promising, With, but we will see with the election of the next governor how the creative sector plays a role this time. 
How about in, in terms of your work here? You already from day one were operating in an almost zero budget environment. I mean, from day one, your mission was make something great happen every month with all this arts community in New Haven that's so varied, so deep, and let's not have to put the taxpayer dime in. How is that going to affect that quest? Uh, more and more, it's going to be turning to, with the new tax so-called reforms that really are a short-term three-year uh, aphrodisiac, and then it kicks into a really very sad mm. pro- portrait of how the middle class and the uh, at-risk community Just enough to treated. get to the next presidential election. It, it was just enough to get them to believe that there was uh, anything for us, the working people of America. Forgive my political statement. No, but um, for us, we have to now approach individuals like never before who have the wherewithal to promote our society as a cultural-based society that cares about expression, freedom of speech, and our role in the world, as we always have, to lead the way for freedom. Well, I feel like we're in good hands, because I can't imagine any better person to make that case in New Haven than Andy Wolf, the Director of Arts, Culture, and Tourism for the city. Andy, thanks for making time again for us here on Dateline New Haven. you got great stuff going. We do. And we're going to hear from you in China, maybe some emails or something about Yeah, we talked stuff. about a daily yep. podcast yep. or whatever. Anything you can send us, if you can record with your iPhone, Every if you can day. send us photos, you write it, whatever you want to do, we're going to publish it. You're going to be wowed. All right, and knock them dead in China. Thank you, Paul. You're there for us. And, and we, folks, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to be back. We're going to thank Ian Haven Hospital for sponsoring, offering support for this program on Dateline New Haven. We're going to come back in a few minutes after break with Wally Hike and Chris Desir, who are working on the civilian review board to hold the police accountable in New Haven and um, so just sit tight while we listen to the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group City of Plea for Peace and we, we all know it's like to be free we just gotta book our flight so hold tight thanks <laughs> 